I did not think we were recording. <laughs> it's time for Keisha, your favorite podcast about conspiracy theories and food. I'm Matt. And I'm Kelly. Hey, we remember how to do this. It took us it, a while, though. <laughs> it did, a little bit. Well, it's been almost a year since we've recorded Kishanon. It's been 10 months. It's uh, The world has gone through some shit. I'm going to call this a revamp. It's like a, re- a little it, bit tweaked. It's not really a reboot. It's kind of a, re- a reboot. No, this is season two of Kishanon. Right, and it's just a little different. Yeah, we're just mixing things up a little bit. There's a dog. No, it's now. like it's like there's a new Aunt Viv, and it's like we're just not supposed to notice, but it's like a little different. We have a new Val. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not that any of you knew it's what the Val first looked like Aunt before. Viv. <laughs> but yeah, I I think last time, if you listened before, it was before I got my dog, so which oh. is not relevant to the show at all. But and soon I will have another one. So. <laughs> Three kids and two dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds like a great recipe for no money. But so before we kind of get into we've got a topic that was suggested to us by a listener, by a new listener. We, you guys, we are still getting new listeners. We are. Insane. <laughs> and they're not all variants of Kelly's mom. No, no, we've had to branch out. <laughs> yes. Before we go into that topic, we'll do just a little catch up. Three people Spotify top podcast for their end of year wrapped. That's right. Yeah. So, so not prolific podcast listeners. So we we were there. <laughs> and that really says more about how little those people listen to podcasts, which is fine. It's good. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And you three are, mm-hmm. are our quality. So, but let's get into our conspiracy. Where the, where's my, there it is. I was trying to see where the timer was because oh. it's been a while. So I remembered, but Maybe on what's happened, like, I was gonna say the world's been through some shit, but it kind of feels like, you know, while we said this is season two of Kishanon, it feels like 2022 is 2021 again, is 2020 again, just with slightly different tweaks. But like, we've been having the same year for the last three years. I don't know. I'm back in the streets, Matt. I'm not having the same year. (laughs) I no, up. she really isn't. We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> gave up on everyone. Just, uh, just me and my mask and the streets. I just, just have to go out. Well, that's a little bit why we haven't done Keishan on in almost a year. It's true. I decided to just go public again. I left right. my closet where I used to record these. Yeah. I finally left it. Keishan on was very prolific when Kelly had no life, and then. <laughs> Then she decided to be social again, and I guess, fuck all of you. <laughs> I just dropped Matt like a bad habit. Yeah. I was like, talk to you in 10 months. Bye-bye. No, I'm just kidding. We just talked. Like, we talked. Yeah, we did. It's just the all of you tens of listeners that aren't Kelly's mm-hmm. mom. Actually, probably most of our listeners still talk to you. In fact, most of our listeners probably saw you, if yes. you think about it. Yeah, so but, really, it's just our new listener who, but, you know. Truly, every, all of our five listeners plus five of my moms they did all ask me about Kishanan when we were together. And I was like, I mean, I guess if you guys really liked it, I can <laughs> do that again. <laughs> Our topic today that, that was suggested by a listener, by the way, if you have topics, you can suggest them to us by tweeting at us at Kishanan or uh, Kelly. I don't know if you're even still logged into the Kishanan Instagram. I am still logged into the Kishanan Instagram because sometimes I accidentally switch it and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> 
So I you was can like, I already us- saw these stories, and then I realized. <laughs> And you I'm realize like, you right. saw them as the brand. You can hit us up on Insta or, you know, again, because chances are if you're listening to us, you probably know one of us just, personally. Just so you could DM just me us. personally. Yeah. Tell me yeah. a topic to research, any topic. I don't even care anymore if it's a real conspiracy theory. Just give me anything. Anything fun. Yes, fun. But okay, so we tweeted or whatever. The account tweeted. I don't know if we did it together. It wasn't really a joint effort. Might have done it actually when we were sitting at Joe's having drinks. Now that I think about it, we actually may have tweeted. Oh, actually, I think we did. No, no, no. We did tweet it together because we were sitting there deciding we were going to record again. Kelly, if y'all could see, this is why I wish this was a video podcast right now because the look Kelly gave me. I don't remember this, <laughs> but I had drank my body weight in white wine that night. So I just, I can't. I ate like two oysters and 30 glasses of wine. And a stranger asked for a selfie with me. Yes. Kelly left, I texted her, and I went, shit, we didn't take a picture together for the pod. And then immediately after, the guy sitting at the table next to us came up and was like, hey, can I take a picture with you on your phone? And you texted it to me? So I'll, I'll actually put that picture on the show notes. You can you can see it. Anyway, the point was, somebody tweeted back to us and said there's been an update on that missing United Airlines executive. Yes. So we may have to, in season two, maybe we'll go back and update. I can update that one, Yes. Someone did send me that update. I'll have to go back because I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I do occasionally check the DMs, but I don't reply. So, But we're not going to talk about that tonight. We're going to instead talk about another celebrity conspiracy, Natalie Wood. Yes, the actress Natalie Wood, who died of drowning, I can't say accidental, as of 2018. But there's many theories about how she died. And then there's there's a comeback of a character in a previous episode. So when we get to that, I'll point it out. I'll see oh. if you guys remember. Oh, see if you're going back into the deep cuts. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So before we go into maybe the conspiracy, like let's talk a little bit about maybe who Natalie Wood is. I would. Ass- I. Yeah, I don't want to I assume bio- that our listeners know. Yeah, I did bio work, Matt. I did like I'm a real live podcast researcher. I, I think part of the reason you're excited to do this episode is. Natalie Wood has a really easy to pronounce name, so we're not yes. going to mess that one up. But but, but is good, there? Um, I bet there's there's got to be at least one name that's going to come up today somewhere. Of course, okay. and it, we're going to start right off the bat. Natalie Wood was born July twentieth, nineteen thirty eight. She was born Natalie Zakharachenko. <laughs> I, I that was not planned. By the way, <laughs> I had no idea that that was going to happen. <laughs> So um, she was born in San Francisco to Russian immigrant parents. She had an older half-sister, Olga, because this her father was her mom's second husband. And then she has a another sister, Svetlana Zakharachenko. Oh, so you can do it when it's Svetlana's name. You just can't do it for poor Natalie. Svetlana, I know. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. But but Lana Svetlana changed her name when she was an actress to Lana Wood. So all I could think about when I heard Lana Wood was in Austin Powers when her name is Alata Vagina, like this. Yeah, it sounds like a Lana Bond Wood, villain, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> we're in Austin Powers, leading lady. I don't know. <laughs> so I added a surprise segment to Kishanan Astrology Corner. The Astrology Corner is going to probably be exactly what it's like to be texting with Kelly. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, <laughs> texting with me is actually just... Astrology memes. Yeah, yeah. It's madness. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even get them, but I'm so, like, oh, oh, that's that's very funny, I think, because Scorpios are It always seems something. right. What is your sign? You're a Sagittarius. I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know how to make fun of that, though. 
It feels like the only sign that people really make fun of is Scorpio. Like, there's just all the jokes seem to be Scorpio, but maybe it's because Scorpios, maybe a thing about being a Scorpio is that you like to talk about being a Scorpio a lot. No, Scorpios are very mysterious and they don't like to talk about anything to do with themselves. I'm a Virgo, so I get along with okay, them. Okay, I was going to say, but it seems like most of the people who are tweeting about Scorpio, or tweeting about astrology, but maybe they themselves are not Scorpios and they just like to rag on them. You know who wasn't a Scorpio? Natalie Wood. She <laughs> professional she podcasting people. <laughs> she Cancer Sun, Taurus Moon, Libra rising. And according to some astrology website I went to that had her birth chart, that means she was highly sensitive and feelings oriented and predisposed to impulsivity. And there's also a lot of water signs in her chart. Do with that what you will. I don't I don't even know what it means to be a water sign or any other kind of Well, I was making an allusion to how she drowned. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, getting ahead of go. ourselves there, but okay. <laughs> yes. So she was born July 20th, 1938, Russian immigrant parents. Her dad by all accounts was an alcoholic and her mom was a legendary stage mom who pushed and pushed and worked both of her daughters. She started acting at age 4. At age 8 in 1947, she got her big break, Miracle on 34th Street. Phenomenal Christmas movie. I mean, I guess the new one was... Well, yeah. No, they're both fine. Okay, that's fine. But I don't think... Natalie Wood wasn't in the remake. (laughs) For reasons that will come up later. (laughs) Oh. Natalie was nominated for her first Oscar at 17 in 1955 for, do you know which movie, Matt? Trivia. West Side Story? Rebel Without a Cause. So she was schooled on sets and several directors commented on how like actually smart she was. And they said she was the only child actor that took her studies seriously in that time. She was signed to a contract with RKO Studio. They're the ones who changed her name to Natalie Wood. So at 16, she did Rebel Without a Cause, which she did get Oscar nominated for. But it was a big deal to her because her mom and her agent didn't want her to take the role. And she went behind their backs and took it anyway. And it was the first time she had made a choice about what she starred in. Between Miracle on 34th Street and Rebel Without a Cause, she did a lot of like TV acting, sitcoms, and wholesome family films, which obviously her mom and agent wanted to craft that image. You know, wholesome. Young but woman. the Academy um, was not a fan. This is topical too, because like, just re- we're recording this the day after the Oscars, so where nothing happened. Natalie Wood's sister Lana did a twelve-part in-depth podcast about her life. So, this is like sensitive content, but it, I think it really shows to her, you know, ongoing struggles later on. And I'm going to draw a lot of parallels from our Marilyn Monroe episode. At 16, she was very violently sexually assaulted at the Chateau Marmont. She did tell people, every like it, in her life, everyone knew, but it was never publicized. But in her life, only her mother and sister knew who had assaulted her. And so in the podcast, her sister finally acknowledges that it was Kirk Douglas, who I'm only very comfortable saying Kirk Douglas's name here because dozens of young actresses have posthumously reported how violent and yes, he apparently did this a lot back in the day. So then after she graduated high school, did Rebel Without a Cause, went through this trauma, she left RKO and signed a contract with Warner Brothers Studio. 
she was not very compliant with Warner Brothers. She turned down a lot of roles they wanted to give her, so they suspended her from her contract for a year. For people who aren't as familiar, like in the studio system, it was very different than now. It's like if you had this contract with the studio, you were fundamentally their employee, right? I mean, it was that was sort of the deal. Like you did what they wanted you to do. It wasn't like now, obviously, actor, we're not in this, we haven't been in the studio system era for decades, but you know, actors move around and it's more that they're in are like an independent contractor, for lack of a better word. But that, so that's kind of a big deal to, be non-compliant, right? Like correct. You- it's that's how you really ruined your career. Was you know the way you got ahead in your career back in those days was to play the studio game. Move up. I mean, it still is, but in a different sense. But so this was about 1958 to 1959. She was suspended for a year. So Rebel was in 55. She doesn't work much until 1961, when Elia Kazan cast her in Splendor in the Grass. Splendor in the Grass caused like a career resurgence, and that is when she got cast as Maria in West Side Story. However, I do want to make it clear that she did not sing her part. So it was a it was a singing in the rain kind of situation. Did they not sing in Singing in the Rain? No, that's like the whole plot of Singing in the Rain. Right? Is that that she's really? It's like the actress who's in the movie within the movie is really like pretty and stuff, but can't sing. So the other one is singing and got it, you know, or, or if you want to be more update, if you don't know classic film as much, but you're Gen X, then it's like a CNC music factory situation. Not, not a true Millie Vanilli situation. I was just going to say Millie, not a full Millie, Millie Vanilli, Vanilli is different. CNC music factory <laughs> is like, you know, it was, I, I don't know why now that I think about it, I don't know why I draw a line between CNC Music Factory and Millie Vanilla. I think I could be wrong. This maybe maybe we'll have a music episode sometime and talk about this. I feel like the CNC Music Factory thing was not as blatant. Maybe Are they I don't know pro- what you're talking about at all. So you might want to give me. Oh, some I'll give background. you some. Okay, so as I recall, I'm a millennial. So you know, okay, well, you know okay. what happened with Millie Vanilli. Okay, yes. they just were two guys who were dancers, basically, that would lip sync. So uh, CNC Music Factory, if you don't remember, so that was Everybody Dance Now. That was like the one song anybody knew. They had a couple other ones. Right. But, you okay. know, the, but the okay, so the female vocal on that, that's very powerful. That's not the woman that was in the video. You know, oh, now, oh, but if I, again, okay. and this is where okay. I could be wrong, and we'll check and maybe do this. I think it was just about the music video. I think, like, if they played and they performed, like, the actual singer like would, would sing it. it. Like I, again, it's been a while. We'll save this for the music episode. Cause we've really no, only done see, Stevie yeah. wonder for music before. I don't think we've done like a big musical one. Oh yeah. So we'll, I can research. Yeah. Music. We'll just talk about Millie Vanilli for 45 minutes. I mean, obviously I would love to talk about <laughs> Millie Vanilli for 45 minutes. <laughs> and that's what makes me so intolerable to be around. <laughs> fair. Um. So, okay. So back to Natalie. <laughs> so splendor in the right. grass. We do Nessa, West, West Side Story. Story. Natalie the- Wood did not do her singing. Well, that's also like uh, little mermaid. I just want to say like that. I think though, this idea of not singing the part is not terrible. Right, like I mean, that's not uncommon. So I'll give you again, and that was the case in the Little no, Mermaid. No, I, I don't think it's so. Bad. Like in the woman who did the singing for the Little Mermaid is not the woman who does the voice of Ariel. And I know this primarily because, right, of course, Jody. I almost said Jody Swenton, but that's from Full House. I misremember her name. She was an alum alum from the first college I dropped out of. So, but anyway, so 
height of Natalie Wood's career, Splendor in the Grass, West Side Story, Toast of Hollywood. Right. And I, I truly only noted that she didn't sing is because, again, last night, West Side Story won an Oscar and they very much did sing their parts, I believe. So West Side Story, height of her career from about 1959 or 1961 to 1970 was the height. She was really doing a lot of movies. In 1970, she was pregnant again and doesn't really do much after that. She does roles on TV. She does things. She doesn't do a ton. And that's pretty much all I have just for background because the rest we can go through as we go through the timeline of her and Robert Wagner. So Robert Wagner was her husband at the time she died, which they were married twice. She married Robert Wagner for the first time in 1957. So that's important to note. She was 19 and he was 27 years old. And 1957, if you remember, is when she's kind of started rebelling against her Warner Brothers contract. Mm, okay. So they separated in June of 1961. So they were married for about two and a half years because they got married at the end of 1957. At the time of their separation, the tabloid rumors were all because it was Natalie having an affair with Warren Beatty. Interesting. Because they were filming Splendor in the Grass together at the time. And it's important to note that Natalie never refuted these rumors. She never said it wasn't true. However, in multiple biographies about her and her sister's podcast, and there was another like 48-hour special. So everyone that was in Natalie's life at the time knows that she walked in on Robert Wagner having an affair with a man. Not Warren Beatty, though. No. Warren Beatty was surprisingly not involved at all. (laughs) So she caught Robert Wagner having this affair with a man. And this is again, 1960. So it's, that was scandalous, but you know, I, you know, so she though, after we, seeing this know? has a breakdown, do we, do we know, Kelly? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I, I think in the sixties it would have been shocking, but also like, wasn't, I, I don't know. Hollywood has such a long history of just, what is it called when, like a woman marries a gay man, but it's just to like help a beard. What was that called? Like a beard. Yeah. yeah. Like the Hollywood had a strong beard game in the, from its start till forever, I think. But so that's the way the studios wanted it. They arranged marriages all the sure. time. Yeah. So, but it's unclear if a studio arranged oh. this marriage, but they were both working for the same studio. So I wasn't sure what their, you know, arrangement was. But anyway, after she sees them doing this, she tells a bunch of people and then tries to overdose on sleeping pills. Shades of Maryland. It gets very Maryland here this whole time. There's just like a lot of husbands, some repeats, and a lot of psychiatric treatment in the late 50s that was just not good. So, but anyway, so she, they divorce, their divorce is finalized in 1962. She's now in therapy every day because of what happened in this marriage. She did end up dating Warren Beatty. She dated Michael Caine. She had a brief engagement to a Venezuelan shoemaker in 1965. In 1969, I, it was on multiple like articles, and I was like, okay, they don't even name him. That's something, you're not interesting, but that the, you're a Venezuelan shoemaker. Yeah. You know? it's like- That's the real conspiracy. Who was this Venezuelan <laughs> shoemaker? So in 1969, she marries British film producer Richard Gregson. They have a daughter, Natasha, born in 1970. They divorce in 1972. At the end of January 1972, she is backdating Robert Wagner. So I'm assuming the Richard Gregson thing ended. There, there's little to no space between Gregson and Wagner part two. 
They get remarried in July of 1972 on a yacht called the Ramble and Rose. Their daughter, Courtney, is born in 1974. I don't like to speak ill of the dead and still living, but... That's not true. <laughs> <the> marriage... <laughs> I know that's all I do is speak ill of the still living. <laughs> I was like, that's very not true. I I even I sometimes make Matt meet up with me so I can just tear his life apart. By this the way, is, and he just lets this is me. true. We, um, we will have to we'll have to come back to that in the later part. We, there will have to be some parts of that that Joe's uh, Joe's uh, cocktail night that we'll have to have to share. But but so you're going to have to listen through the rest of the actual pod to get to the, the <laughs> to the hot goss. So you don't want to speak ill of the dead, but you're going to. Well, I, I feel bad, but listen, I just, I'm just going to say it in the most Kelly way possible. By, by all accounts, from all sides, this marriage was just a fucking shit show. Okay, it was never great, and they were always fighting, and everyone was having affairs with other men. And in 2013, an FBI agent named Donald Wilson um, had to testify under oath about something, and it came out that he had indeed testified and had a four year affair with Natalie Wood starting in 1973 while she was pregnant. Just so there was just an FBI side piece and all sorts of stuff. Yes. There was a lot going on here. None of it great. So in our, our recording software, you have to put your name in. And because I've used mine for other things besides Keisha on <laughs> my name says, Matt, he, him, Kelly says your mom's butt. This is making me laugh for two reasons. One is I'm continually sitting and looking at Kelly, and underneath it, it says your mom's butt. But also, it's going to download these two separate tracks, and it names the file after the person's name. So I'm going to end up with Matt.wave and your mom's butt.wave. So I wish you hadn't have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, now it's only going to get weirder. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in the meantime, so we're back to Natalie Wood is having affairs with everybody, including Kelly's right. mom's butt, you know, so... Natalie is found dead of drowning on November 28th, 1981. I'm just going to start there so we know what we're leading up to. So I'm just going to go into the events of the day leading up to her death. Multiple people have gone on record about these days. So we have staying on the yacht at the time of Natalie's death were Natalie, Robert Wagner, her husband, Christopher Walken, and the captain of the ship, Danvers. I, I just love how Christopher Walken enters the chat. Right. Plays a huge part in this. Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood were at the time filming a movie called like Brain Searching, Brain Surfing, Brainstorming. I absolutely did not write it down. I just didn't think it would come up. But apparently it did. There were rumors of them having an affair on set, but nobody believed it. They just had chemistry to get like working chemistry together. Robert Wagner, Christopher Walken, Natalie Wood, and the Captain Danvers, who I just referred to as the captain in my notes. Those are the four people staying on Robert Wagner's yacht, The Splendor. So the day of, Captain Danvers has testified under oath multiple times that Robert and Natalie were arguing all weekend. The evidence given here and these testimonies are compiled from Captain Danvers, Christopher Walken, restaurant staff, other boats, like people on other yachts that were more nearby, and then just general like beach workers that were all around here. Natalie Wood and Christopher Walken spent hours at a Catalina Island bar on November 28th or the 27th. Robert Wagner showed up closer to dinner time and he was furious that they had been drinking together all day. Then the captain arrives. So the four of them are all at dinner at Doug's Harbor Reef restaurant. 
Receipts from the night show that they ordered one bottle of champagne, two bottles of wine, and up to four rounds of cocktails between them. So a lot of drinking. Yeah, Matt's face was like, oh no. Again, sounds like that night at Joe's a few weeks ago. Yes, <laughs> just, just, that was just two though. <laughs> so multiple wait staff all testified immediately following the death that at some point, Robert Wagner or Christopher Walken threw a wine glass at the wall during dinner and it shattered and hit people and the waitstaff had to come clean it up. Christopher Walken testified that they were having a small beef. That was his quote, a small beef because of prolonged filming of their movie interfering with like childcare and things like that. He denied that it was about him and Natalie having an affair. Initially, basically, the captain and Christopher Walken testified that the fighting had calmed down by the time they returned to the yacht. However, the captain later said in other testimony that that was a lie. And he said they all kept drinking after they left the restaurant. And at some point, staff didn't know if they were going to be able to get back to the yacht. Like, they didn't know if they could make it in the... What's the little boat you used to get to the yacht? A dinghy. So yeah, so they all, they managed to get the dinghy back to the yacht. They're on the yacht. And what do they do? They start drinking more, right? Because that's what you would do. I think the title of this episode might be Christopher Walken managed to get the dinghy back to the yacht. But actually, that doesn't tell you anything about the episode. But I feel like I have to have a Walken pun in here because even though... Christopher Walken had a small beef. (laughs) But it's it's misleading because the episode's not really about Christopher Walken. We'll have to figure out something. Let's place ourselves mentally on this yacht because let's say you're Christopher Walken. We all have that couple. You know, you have a couple friends and they're just the worst drunks. So when they invite you out, you're like, oh, no, because I'm going to spend my night in the middle of a fight because they cannot keep their shit together when they're drunk. So that's I'm trying to understand Christopher Walken's mental state. And that's it. Christopher Walken has accidentally boarded a yacht with his couple (laughs) friends that are just terrible drunks and always drinking and it's on a boat that's like the worst situation for that to happen you cannot leave that's the life lesson of this is again like kelly said you know you know that couple friend if they invite you on a boat just know always have an exit strategy with your drunk couple friend yeah yes you're like i'll only see you before the sun goes down (laughs) i can't because after the sun goes down and you're too drunk and then i'm stuck unless you have an exit strategy Right. Then you're like trying to sneak out their back door while they're both in the bathroom or something. You're like, how do I get out of it? (laughs) Captain Danvers in official police testimony has said that the fighting continued when they got back to the yacht. Everyone kept drinking. He said multiple bottles of wine and champagne. At some point, Robert Wagner broke a bottle of wine over a table and the captain heard him shouting, are you fucking my wife? (laughs) That was probably towards Christopher Walken, just by elimination of the other characters. (laughs) And it probably wasn't rhetorical. It wasn't like Tevya and, and Fiddler on the Roof talking to God, like, hey, God, are you fucking my wife? You didn't even notice it. I tried to do a Christopher Walken impression and totally missed. I just tried to do Zero Mistel and Fiddler on the Roof, and it came out as Christopher Walken. Do it again, just so I can really zone hey, in on God, this. God, are you fucking my wife? That is Christopher Walken as Tevya. You're right. I like that. That's very niche, you know, and I like that. Okay, so the captain said after the after he heard Robert Wagner shout, "Are you fucking my wife?" I don't know. I just it's like all, to practice just different line deliveries. The person that wasn't saying this in the world was Christopher Walken. <laughs> Yet every time we say it, we're saying it like Christopher Walken. Your Robert Wagner sounds like Christopher Walken. <laughs> 
I'm never going to get to say that sentence like in my real life. So I just want to practice. Oh my God. I can't do anybody but walking right now. I think that's the problem. Once you've done walking, you're just stuck in it. Like it's like when a song (laughs) walking is like an impression earworm. Because I'm trying to do Robert Wagner now, and I can't get him to not be Chris Rock. I couldn't even tell you what Robert Wagner. I of course, did, you. Could. I don't even know. You've seen Austin Powers. Oh yeah, isn't he He's number, um, number yeah. number two? So it's a very serious. Wow, I can't believe we let him keep working after his wife died under mysterious circumstances. This is this was the thing. Like people were talking again about the Oscars. They're like, wow, this was the most worst thing that happened to the Oscars ever. It's like, never mind that we're celebrating. Again, you know, you know what? I saw a quote in reference to the things that happened at the Oscars last night when nothing happened that said, movies are amazing. Hollywood is terrible. Honestly, lately, the movies have also been terrible. Well, okay. I'm <laughs> just going to throw it out there. I tried to watch Nightmare Alley. Jesus. Hit us up on Insta with your best impression of Christopher Walken doing Robert Wagner's voice. I'd love to hear that. Put that in your stories people anyway back to the sad thing about the death of a human being the captain said after he heard robert wagner shout hey hey are you you fucking fucking my my wife wife? (laughs) now that was leno hey are you fucking my wife i'm just doing how i would deliver lines in an audition i don't even know what my character is which is how i would say it okay so he said the shouting continued for a little while and then it all got silent the captain then went down to check on them because it had gotten silent. And he said only Robert Wagner was there. And he casually mentioned that Natalie was missing. And so was the dinghy. Casually, just like, oh, by the way. <laughs> the captain, yes, he said it like he wasn't coming to get him. The captain had to seek him out. The captain immediately became suspicious. So Captain Danvers was a family friend. He often captained their yachts, I guess. I don't know. So he was immediately suspicious because Natalie Wood had a, was infamously very scared of the water and the dark. And that is because. I mean, sounds like a great reason to go out in a boat at night, you know, but. I can't. Her sister verified this on this podcast. I, I, it was lore. I always thought it was lore, but it's very real. Natalie's mom encountered a fortune teller. Anyway, this woman, this old woman told Natalie's mom that your second daughter will be gorgeous, but she should avoid dark water. So for her whole young life, Natalie's mom made her avoid water and she was always afraid of the dark and slept with one of them. And then she went out on a boat at night and... Well, her husband seemed to like to spend a lot of time on yachts. They got married on one. She didn't know how to swim. None of this is is, is good stuff for, for Natalie. These are not... yeah. I just don't think it was a love match, <laughs> yeah, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Robert Wagner's just sort of casually, hey, by the way, Captain Danvers, I don't know where my wife is and the boat's gone. Like, where's Walken in all this at this point? I like to think he calls him Cappy. Christopher Walken was asleep in his cabin. Allegedly, maybe, but we're still pretty consistent. Robert Wagner yelling and screaming all this stuff. The prudent thing to do is be like, I'm going to bed. Oh, I don't even know yeah. what that was. That wasn't even Walken. That was. Was that you impersonating me? <laughs> that might be closer to that. <laughs> that might have been my impression of Matt doing an impression of Kelly. Walkins off to bed. Natalie is missing. Robert Wagner was just chilling, smoking a cigarette, and the captain came to get him. So now I'm switching. This testimony is from Marilyn Wayne, who was on a yacht party like 80 feet away from them. So they weren't like out in the deep sea, they were just like. No, they were just off Catalina Island. Hmm. 
They were going to the Catalina wine mixer. Catalina also famous for a, at least years ago, an annual swing dancing event that was really fun that people would always talk about going to Catalina. And also... The wine mixer thing was a joke. It's an, a Will Ferrell oh, movie. Oh, also there's like, thing. there was oh. a thing in Arrested Development where they go to Catalina and there's animals there. And I think Buster thinks he went to Mexico on accident or something. I think that's an accident. Have I ever told you that my sister, my favorite sister, none of my sisters listen to this podcast, but if there is a one sister that would, it would be my sister that I just referred to as my favorite sister. She always refers to me the same way that Buster talks to his brothers. So when she calls me, which is not often because she's a millennial, so she doesn't know that phones could be used for voice conversation, but she'll be like, Hey brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love Buster. <laughs> yeah, this woman on the boat at 11 p.m. hears someone screaming, somebody please help me. I'm drowning. Somebody please help me. So Marilyn and her boat called the harbor master, and the harbor master didn't answer. They tried calling the harbor master back at 1130. Still no one was answering. There were also several yacht parties going on in the distance, so they just assumed that it was either a joke or taken care of. And she said later they assumed that because the harbor master wasn't answering, it was because he was, was out there investigating, gone. doing whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Robert Wagner did not call anyone about his wife being missing until 1.30 a.m. Two hours after Stranger Marilyn. Captain Danvers has also testified, and Robert Wagner did not deny that Robert Wagner told him to wait to turn on the searchlights. Why? I mean, did uh, they ever get into, like, they just sort of said that's a thing that happened. He has no excuse. It was just like, he's well, I'll oh, okay. get to it. Cause these, cause captain Danvers and Christopher Walken in this situation are just kind of spineless because they all just kind of, I'm sure they were paid handsome amounts of money and just all towed the party line that she had accidentally fallen in the water. Right. Even though she was wearing a nightgown and had previously said she was going to bed. They keep quiet about all this. Like no one says anything. And then in 2011, when Natalie Wood's family finally convinced the LAPD to reopen the case, then they gave testimony stating like the real things that had happened. And Christopher Walken still didn't say much, but Captain Danvers admitted a lot. And then we get into the whole LA County Coroner's Office, because you know how I love them. Well, Matt, now is when I tell you that the coroner who did Natalie Wood's autopsy is the exact same coroner who did Marilyn Monroe's autopsy. Thomas Noguchi, who did Marilyn Monroe's autopsy and famously lied about a bunch of shit, also did Natalie Wood's autopsy and lied about a bunch of shit. Because people actually reported him for his lying about Natalie Wood, but it never went anywhere. Uh, of course it didn't. Yeah. Uh, really, really terrible stuff. So her blood alcohol content was 0.14 and she had traces of pills in her system. One was an anti-nausea med. I don't know what they treated. I don't know what that would have been in the 60s. And then she had... So they did recover her, like, like she's not missing. Like, okay. Yes. Her body was found at 8 a.m. on November 29th, approximately one mile from the boat with a dinghy washed up nearby. Her blood alcohol content was 0.14. Yeah. Traces of painkillers. She also had many bruises and abrasions all over her body. So the terrible coroner who lied about Marilyn Monroe's autopsy and then tried to lie about Natalie Woods said she clearly died of accidental drowning and hypothermia. I know I just mentioned this a second ago, but in 2011, they publicly reopened this. And that is when under oath, the captain 
finally admitted publicly all the arguing that was going on because before 2011, that was not under official testimony. That was just conjecture. Mm -hmm. Like people had said it in police statements, but because the coroner ruled it accidental, nothing ever happened. So he did blame Robert Wagner in this testimony for her death, but he didn't know how because he said he did not see anything, but he did blame her. In 2012, after redoing the autopsy, her death certificate was changed to drowning due to other circumstances, meaning they don't know what, but it wasn't accidental. So in 2020, the L.A. County coroner testified about her autopsy that the bruising was significant and that Noguchi had to have lied because there was way more bruising. It was just way too, way much more than like some accidental bruises. It wouldn't be like what would happen from like falling over and hitting some rocks or something falling out of the boat, like accidental. No. So there was an assistant to the coroner during her autopsy, but he wasn't on the list to be interviewed because he was a volunteer coroner. He was already a doctor, but he was trying to like, it was more of a, an educational thing. So he wasn't an official intern. So because he was a volunteer, he wasn't on the list of people to be interviewed. And he said he had a conversation with Noguchi during the autopsy because he had come in to watch. And he asked why he wasn't noting some bruising on her thighs and the back of her calves. And he said under oath that Noguchi said some things are better left how they are. Wow. What a what a fine piece of work. So this is very similar to what happened with Marilyn Monroe. For those of you who just don't keep up on our old episodes and constantly re-listen. Dr. Noguchi did her autopsy and basically lied and minimized a bunch of things and then also wrote some things in the report that just couldn't be true. But so they had her death certificate changed. Relatively recently, like 10 years ago, right? Yes. Hernandez and Lowe are the two detectives from the LAPD that are in charge of the act, like the current investigation. It's still ongoing. But they looked at the autopsy and even though they're untrained, noticed like a giant head wound. (laughs) That no one had notated on the report, but it was in photographs. But it's unknown if these photographs were included in the original autopsy materials or if a photographer put them in there later or gave them to someone, because I'll get to that. Dr. Michael Franco is the one that was interning there at a time as a volunteer intern. But she had bruises on her thighs and shins that he immediately identified as like what you would get from a friction burn. So as if she was trying to climb up into the dinghy and the rope was... Like he said, that's what it looked like. Rope friction burns and bruises. And that's what he told Noguchi, who just said some things are best left unsaid. And Noguchi also told him that however it's written up is all you need to know. The captain testified that he saw Robert Wagner or heard Robert Wagner shout, get off my fucking boat. Which we assume he was yelling at Natalie Wood, not Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken does say he was in his cabin this whole time. And by all accounts, that's true. So I know like 10 minutes ago, I called him spineless for not speaking up, but I like he was in his, he was in his cabin and I'm, you know, he could have probably said a lot more about the tone of the night and how Robert was behaving. But by all accounts, he went to bed way earlier and was in his cabin for this. So Hernandez and Lowe, Ralph Hernandez and Kevin Lowe, the two current investigators said that Christopher Walken has cooperated and done everything they've asked. People have long said that he is hiding something. Like I said, it looks like he's in his cabin and everyone seems he's never avoided talking about the case with the police or lawyers when they needed to be. Vidal Herrera was a photographer at the coroner's office. And that is who took those pictures that were in the evidence bin when they reopened the case. 
And that's when the investigators even realized like how significant the bruising was. So the other thing was Alan Abbott was the man at the mortuary who embalmed her. And he said that he didn't even know how to cover up the bruising that was so heavy. And that's why they buried her in a huge fur coat. Just to cover the bruises, yeah. And it's been, of course, cleared. This wasn't like bruising that your body gets when you die. This was like done before significant death. As it was, was not post mortem yeah. bruising. Yes. Guy Mc <laughs> Guy McIlwain. Guy. Guy. Hey guy. He was Natalie Wood's agent at the time of death. Three days after her body was discovered, he went to her sister Lana's house and told Lana that he had just left Robert Wagner's house and wasn't going to tell Lana what Robert told him because she would tell someone else and ruin it for all of them. And Lana did, before anyone thinks Lana Wood is entirely nuts, because she is obviously obsessed with her sister's death and getting justice. And I get that some people could think she might have gone a little off the rocker. But these were all things she said prior to this podcast she did on record. Robert Wagner's story has always been he went to bed, left, came up because he realized Natalie hadn't come to bed and she was missing. And then just eventually hours later said, I guess we should look for her. Which is what all people who really want to find someone would do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much all the testimony that's come out. And basically they just, the police say they think they know who did it. They've named Robert Wagner, a person of interest. They just don't have anything that would hold up in court. So they haven't pressed charges. So this is, so pretty much what we know or what we assume or what we think, right? So we know what the police is. So the police say Robert Wagner is a person of interest. I think, you know, I mean, what's your what's your your take here? I mean, I mean, I have two. I mean, two things could have happened. There's like two, I guess, three options. But really quick before we go into our opinions, just a few things because I think it's only fair. His daughters, Natasha and Courtney. Now, Natasha's his stepdaughter. Courtney is his biological daughter with Natalie. They both defend him to this day. Natasha refers to him as Daddy Wagner. And was very adamant. She did a documentary about her mom for HBO and questioned him in the documentary. And he is still insistent that he didn't see what happened. And the daughters believe him. So I just... That's another reason. Like, I, But I mean... Okay, so there's three options for what happened, right? She did try to run away and tried to get in the dinghy and go back to shore and was drunk and on pills. Didn't know how to and swim. And it was yeah, accident. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's things that would add up to no. that. If she tried to get away, it would not go well yes. for her, most likely. However, the significant bruising was on parts of her body that indicate, you know, she was in an, like a fight. So the two things that could have happened there are her and Robert Wagner are arguing. It gets physical. He's shoving her. He either accidentally shoves her off the boat Right. And then just runs away because he's scared or he does throw her in or or option a could happen with a combination of option B, which is they had an altercation, which made her want to leave. You know what I mean? Like they're I'm not a Robert Wagner apologist necessarily, but I could you know, there's. Yeah. Neither am I. I absolutely think he threw her in that water in some way, shape or form just because of the bruising. And it was on her arms like that. Like if you would grab someone's arms and like shake them but i also don't know how dinghies work super well so i don't know if she managed to like come up for air and then try to get to the dinghy or were they by it i don't know yeah i don't know if you know how dinghies work tweet at us and tell us 
please, if you own a yacht, invite us on and then just show me how the dinghy works for research. That's a much more preferable way to uh, explain how dinghies work is real world. Just hands-on learning. On your yacht. Please, if you have a yacht and listen to this podcast, talk to me about your life. (laughs) The Venn diagram of people that have a yacht and listen to this podcast are miles apart, I think. They should be two circles yeah. very far apart, but if, if they is, do intersect if, anywhere, if let us know. One little possible person. <laughs> we really need to. We really need to hear from you. But yeah, so I think Robert Wagner totally like rage murdered her. You heard it here first. Well, probably not first. Actually, you probably heard it lots of places over the last couple decades. But you may have heard it here first. Yeah. If you did hear it here first, let us know and let us know on your yacht. Invite us on your yacht so you can tell Again, us. Please. Just a yacht, anyone. That's that's it's that simple. It's weird that we want to go on a yacht after this story. Actually, now that I think about it, that might be on us. You know, you'll be like, I'm not going near no fucking dinghy. You know what? If sorry, I just I do want to I want to put an asterisk on it. If you listen to this podcast and own a yacht, but are also the drunk couple who can't hold it together and fights a lot, don't invite us. That's fair. Yeah. This is this is becoming a very select filtering sort that's happening. I can't believe we narrowed the field more. We should talk about well, I think our food portion will probably be talking about going out to Joe's. I don't even remember what we what we ate. I have no memory of what we ate, Matt. Do you know I came home and drank more? Can you even believe it? Yes. <laughs> well, because what we did is we got there and then I think we pretty much told the server like just bring us what you recommend. Oh, I told the server to play menu roulette. Whatever it was, it was good. I remember that. There was a tartare, maybe? There was like a tartare I really liked. Like a tuna and then tartare. of course oysters. Yeah, well, we got the oysters and Oh, crab cake. There was a crab cake in there. <gasps> the crab cake, it was really good, yeah. But what was the other little thing? I don't know. Remember? I couldn't get you to do a wedge, which was surprising, but that might have been getting in the way of the wine. I don't know why. I always want a wedge. Do I not like their wedge? I don't know. This was the first time I was at Joe's with you. I'm going to have to investigate. Maybe you just weren't in the mood, right? Like, you know. I'm Googling the menu now, though, because I'm like, I... (laughs) Joe Stone Crab Wedge. (laughs) Because I'm sure there's lots of content on the internet about that. There's a photo on TripAdvisor. Thank you. Oh, because it's a BLT wedge, and I didn't want the bacon. It was Ash Wednesday. Sure. Excuse you. I'm a very devout Catholic. My other favorite thing that came out of Kelly's mouth at that that dinner was... So we were having a conversation about, you know, not hair care, maybe hairstyling. And Kelly sits there and she goes, look. She goes, Matt, your hair can be purple or it can be long. It can't be both. Because right now you look like I fucking met you at Hot Topic. And yes, two days later, I got a haircut. So... Kelly is an influencer. So you chose purple. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to help out. You did. It was it was very insightful and helpful. With my very enjoyable, constructive advice. But clearly, the drunk dude at the table next to us did not agree, and he really liked my hair. He was into it. Because he wanted me to take a picture with him. So I will put a... He, he really he did. liked it. Oh, didn't, oh, and Kelly also asked the waitress, asked the server, if... <laughs> If she would go out with me here, if I needed to clean up, and and then the server was like, "Oh no, I think he looks nice." And Kelly's like, "Doesn't matter. You're getting the same tip. <laughs> Just be honest." I was trying to get her to be honest. And then she was gonna—you were gonna ask the woman that was with the dude that wanted the picture, but you couldn't get her attention. So yeah. that could have gone a very different way at the end of the night. 
instead of the guy wanting to take a picture with me, it could have <laughs> turned into a very different photo. So you can't take me out in public. Well, that's a different conversation, but you know, it's exciting uh, to be back. We're back, sort of. Yeah, this was fun. Coming soon, Millie Vanilli. Another topic. So you know, give us a tweet. Slide into Kelly's DMs. God, don't. I don't I'm not going to answer those, but yeah, you can slide in. Well, no, the sure. ones that are about like with suggestions for topics. No, yeah, yeah no, give me say, topics. I'm just topics. teasing. Nothing else, you know. Yeah, we can do anything. It doesn't have to be maybe a strict conspiracy because those are yeah, limited. Yeah, but just something you're curious about, you know. But it's got to be like yes, like nefarious in some way or sketchy or scandalous. well, no, yeah, you guys can't send in like the history of candy canes or something stupid well, unless it's Christmas. That will be our next Christmas episode. Like the history of like an evil candy cane murderer. If it's going to be the history of candy canes, it's got to be the history of candy canes being used to murder people. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It has yes. to be nefarious. Yes. That's a good word for what this is. Keishana nefarious. This is season. Nefarious. Nefarious. Yeah. nefarious. 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 Who am I? Wasn't Oh, Dr. Nefario is in Despicable Me. That's what you're thinking of. He was Cruz's assistant. Oh, okay. But yeah. So this is welcome to season two of Keishana, the nefarious season. Yes. So. Give me your murders and killers to look into. Oh, hey, you know what we always do on this is because uh, we're trying. I never remember how we end, how to do the show. The other thing we always have to do is see if we got any more reviews, which would be funny if we oh, did. Oh, have we got any know, more reviews? Look, because it's been a year. So let's take a look. Okay. <laughs> so I go into that. I got to take a screenshot of this. I might actually have to put this in the notes. I, I don't know if I'm going to say this or not. But so I started typing in Apple Podcasts to search, and I start typing quiche, and the first response is, quiche my ass. So there's a podcast called Quiche My Ass, which I do need to (laughs) see what that is. Daniela and Nicole, two women who've worked in Michelin star restaurants of New York City. I get it. Quiche my ass. Oh, wait a minute. I think this is a new review. It's from May 8th, 2021. So recent. Well, it was back when we were doing this, but I think it would have been before we recorded from Dawn with an E and it says Matt and Kelly have great rapport and it's fun to learn about some conspiracies that I haven't heard before. If you don't mind some light swearing and prefer your conspiracies with food pairings, then this is the podcast for you. That's so nice. We are currently at 4.6 out of five with 10 ratings, but we still only have the, the three reviews. Please rate, review, star. You can review on Spotify now. Just yeah, because like we'll pay it. To, it'll be fun at the end of the year again. Yeah, that that brings us to the end of uh, Kishanon. So remember, the truth and tacos are out there. <laughs> <laughs>